Good evening. Welcome to episode 41 of Stick to Sports, the podcast. I'm Sean Gentilly from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports, and I'm glad oh, that you specified the podcast because we are optioning this. You sound like show. what? You're very upset. This is what like this. No, I was, I'm regular. Nope. There's something about <laughs> the way you do, there's something about the way you do intros where you just sound like your dog just died or something. Well, first of all, my dog did die. Thanks for. I know. That you know up. what? That was why I like hesitated when I when I st- when I said it. It was a year ago. I'm well. I wouldn't say I'm over it, but God it's, bless him. It's not a uh, constant source of pain in my life anymore. <laughs> you have you have plenty of those. It's not your dog anymore. No, exactly. He's been he's been replaced by a lot of other things. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. So. What was I going to say? Oh, I'm not mad about anything when I, I I think at this point, like, we don't need to introduce ourselves is I think the only thing I would say. No, it, it sounds better. And it, and I know you, you really hate the introductions and, it, and I, you just sound I like don't. if I heard if I heard someone introduce a podcast the way that you do, I would not listen to it. I'd be like this guy. This guy's a goddamn dullard. Well, I mean, I am. That's <laughs> certainly true. You gotta just change the tone of your voice a little bit. Hey. Yeah, there we go. Folks. There's my there's my radio guy. <laughs> Alright, so what man? We got the hockey playoffs. Yeah, I I heard of what? Heard of them? No. Unfortunately I haven't. Um yeah, it's a thing of I think this is just gonna be a very sticking to sports episode of Stick to Sports. Yeah, it's because I probably because I started covering hockey games after not going to PPG Paints Arena for like five months or whatever it was. Yeah, it was because you hate hockey so much. I needed a break. Yes, I I will <laughs> will say that. <laughs> not me, baby. I'm all in. But no, I I picked I picked the right week to start paying really close attention to the Pittsburgh Penguins again. Yeah, things no. got ex- extraordinarily eventful. <laughs> My God. So, all right, do you, all right, for, cut, just cut to this. Do you think they're going to win this series? And, yeah, I absolutely and, think they are. Do you think? Do you think they're going to win it on Saturday? Is that when the next game is? There's no yeah. game on Friday night. There's no game on Friday night. No, and Sidney Crosby will come back for the third period of Game Five. Yeah, he will. Des- say, he will descend from the rafters of Verizon Center like that's Sting. right with a bat. <laughs> Um, no, uh, you know, it's the next one's in Washington, correct? Yes. Yeah, I think they lose in Washington, come back and win it in Pittsburgh, if I had to guess. Which I guess I do. I, I kind of feel like it's over. It would be very, like, here's the thing. I picked the this Capitals. Is one of those, this is one of those series you just need to stop trying to explain rationally. Like, people are, you know, I... I I get the Capitals have drastically outshot the Penguins and Sidney Crosby isn't around or whatever, but this is this is the outlier. Like this is this shows like, or I guess it to an extent it shows the folly of trying to, you know, just full on predict every single series because there's no there's no way on earth that this should be three one, but it is no. and it's 
and it's so it it shows how how pointless that can be. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, right? Like, uh, what's his name? The guy from the DC Sports Bog. I forget his name. Dan Steinberg. Yep, that's right. Um, I knew it was Dan something, but there's the Calgary radio guy that's Pat Steinberg, and so I was like, it can't be. They can't both be Steinberg, but they are. Let's move on. Okay. Anyway, um. Yeah, like he had a mental breakdown in a column about it today. I that was that was for that was shtick. Yeah, uh, Dan. Let me put it this Dan, way: yes Dan does no. not Dan does not personally care about the success of the Washington Capitals. No, I understand, but like you, you know what I mean, though. Um, I had, thought I I love that. I thought it was great. I thought I thought it was a really good column too. But point being, like there are legitimately. You know, I don't want to say hundreds, but dozens of people in Washington who have had that exact conversation with themselves in the last 48 hours. Right. And because they should. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like I would like the The underlying point is like how tired of if I were a Capitals fan. Yes. I would be just beyond sick of, of seeing people talk about how they deserve to win series and how they're how they're due to get bounces and this and that after years and years and years. Yeah. What the hell just happened? Like it, 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 it has ceased either. Yeah. Ryan? Yep. Hello. Hi. Are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. never stop being you. Did I cut off? What happened? Yes, you did. Oh. Or, like, the, the connection got real choppy for a second there. So I apologize. I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, anyway, very sick of it. As well you should be. As well anybody should be. Um, someone asked me today, like, is it, you know, at what point do does the Penguins or uh, the Capitals' insanely low playoff shooting percentage become a thing and not just like, well, I had some bad luck. Because I would also like to know that. No, I, I think I think this is probably the we point got, at which we have to be there. We have yeah. to be at that point where you know there's this there's this there's this reaction and this desire to just sort of sneer at the results of short series, and that's understandable because for the most part, you know, it's true. But my God, like 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 Steinberg wrote. Out of there, I can't remember the exact stat, but they're out of the 15 times that a team has outshot another team, 35 to 15. Like 10 te- they've 10 teams have lost, and five of them have been the Capitals or some <laughs> some insane. Like it, it's it, it's inexplicable and should not be just explained away as as bad bounces at this point. Yeah, it, it might be it might be a curse. For sure. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, people were very mad at Rick Nash for never scoring goals in the playoffs, right? And then he started scoring goals in the playoffs and everybody had nothing to say about him, even though uh, the way he played has not changed. And that was, I don't know, five playoffs in a row or something like that where he shot like 4% total. Mm-hmm. And then this year he's shooting like 16% and everybody thinks he's a genius. 
Um, and it was it's the opposite for uh, Jordan Eberle, where now everybody in, want, in Edmonton wants to trade him because he's shooting like 8% this year or something like that, and he normally shoots 12. And everybody's very mad. But, yeah, when, when it's this many times in a row against the same team over and over and over, I think at some point you have to say the Penguins Did have you- figured out how to beat the Capitals in yeah. a way that, you know... I'm I'm it, really willing to um to let like the explanation of well they just ran into three different hot goalies in like 2010, 11 and 12 or whatever it is. But when they keep playing the Penguins cuz of this stupid playoff format and the Penguins keep doing this to them, you go, "You know what? The Penguins just have this figured out." And you have to account for the effect that this has on the guys that are playing the game when you lose to the same team over and over and over again. And there's a weird unwillingness to do that, I think, by by, by certain people. Uh, I think that's probably a little bit overrated because I, you know, I think when you get into the dressing room and you think about it between, you know, you blow that lead and go into overtime or whatever, and you, you can you cannot convince me that that. They're not thinking about this about the history the the ways upon them when when they're getting when they're out shooting teams and down three one in, in a series to the team that's had their number over the years. Like right. That, no. that 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 matters flat out. There's what no I, way to what say I am though. saying to you is when you are out there, like you go over the boards and it's your shift, like you're not thinking to yourself, well, if I'm just gonna you know hit the post if I shoot right now, so I'm not gonna you know like that's no, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying, but but they're. But there, there has to be an effect on the overall psychology of the team. It's, it's not like a shift to shift thing where, you know, uh, where Kevin Shattenkirk misses the net on a shot from the point because you know they lost to the Penguins in two thousand nine. That's not what I'm okay. saying. But, but you know, the on the overall mindset of the team of, of that is unequivocally a thing. No, that's what I'm saying. Like when you get into the dressing room after you blow a two goal lead and it's and you're going into overtime, and you're like, Jesus well, Christ! Yeah, you're just like I can't <laughs> yeah. fucking believe this happened again. Like that for sure is a thing. Um, but I don't know. Is, is it a thing where they're like, so why don't we just give up? You know, I don't. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that there's no way that the history, you know, the past history doesn't doesn't enter their their uh, mindset whatsoever. Like it. It has. It has some sort of effect. It's not causing them to miss shots, but you know, there, there's got to be an issue that when it, when it's you know after games or or in between games. I mean, mental state affects physical state, and I, I that that has to be at least somewhat in play here. Well, here's here's what I would say to that. I think Ovechkin is not clutch. No, 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 no. See, I see. Don't no. I I, just, I knew I'm... you were gonna. I knew I knew you were gonna do this. I knew you were gonna do this. Like I I'm not I'm not preaching clutchiness or, or anything like that. I'm saying that that individual and team history. Like when when you're talking about the core of a team that continues to lose to the core of another team, it, while out shooting them, like that that affects that that. That is not to be completely discounted. And then in like the, to, for the reaction, just be like to sneer and say that and, and act like, you know, I'm talking about clutchy grittiness or David Eckstein or something. That's dismissive. They, well, what they need is they and need that's, more and guys that's, who are going to get dirt on the uniform. 
Ugh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Fair enough. Do you want to talk about all the conspiracy theory bullshit? I, it's insane. Ron Hainsey finally. Like, I guess I guess he wasn't available the last couple of days, and someone asked him about it. Uh, about Ovechkin clearly trying to murder him with a shot to the face. Yesterday. Yeah, and and he had put poison on that puck. That as, seems as we like all know. that seems like it happened a million years ago, ten years ago. Yeah, it was what Friday night. I wrote Saturday. something about it. I wrote something about it before the game. Uh, God, was it? I can't even remember. I guess it was yesterday, yeah. and it was. It couldn't have been outdated more quickly. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, that was this was this was early in the week. I wrote it. I wrote it before before Crosby was injured. Okay. But yeah. still, yeah. I mean that that was the tip of the iceberg as far as this stuff's concerned. I mean th- the lengths and. You know, I, I'm not saying it's just Pittsburgh that that does this, obviously, but like the extent to which everybody in Pittsburgh was just like, "Yep, there's definitely a plot against the Penguins." Uh, you know, this one goes all the way to the White House. Like, it's like to that. I because I struggled with this too with the re, with people's reaction to that. It's definitely a loud portion of the fan base. I don't think it's the majority or anything but like when you see the the insane responses to you know say jason mackey from the post gazette he tweets a quote from you know whoever but from uh from brooks orpic saying like no of course he didn't do this on purpose and 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 there's 20 people responding as if as if you know orpic is lying about that it really makes you wonder about the overall mindset yeah for sure yeah like I mean, obviously, the the Rob Rossi thing was several bridges too far, let's say, um, in terms of, like, you know, he, he's calling out Barry Trot, Like, he's cutting uh, promos on Barry Trotz to his face. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I talked— Are you fucking I, I, kidding me, dude? It, the question to Barry Trotz was fine, in my opinion. Like, I, I think it could have been maybe phrased a little bit better, but I don't—I don't— I don't I don't. Uh, I think Rossi was doing his job when he asked the question. But well, no. Then I, he leaned I into it. I, hold on. Okay. I disagree with what he wrote, and the WWE cutting the WWE promo was was uh, was bananas, and he shouldn't have done it. And I I told him that last night when when we talked about it. Yeah, I just like when people do shit like that. I don't understand. Like, is he doing like is the mental mindset that he that he's going into that with that promo is he doing it cuz he's mad because his close personal friend Sidney Crosby got hurt is he doing it cuz he thinks he's going to get like oop grove hits off that shit like i don't understand you know that's actually you know that's actually called up groove did you know that di- i oop oop grove is is really funny but it's it's actually pronounced up groove yeah, of course it's pronounced it has the little line over the u i know it's, it's up groove but that's why is that is that is that an umlaut i don't even know what that is that's no, not an umlaut. that's that's that thing they show you in like first grade to differentiate between long and short vowel sounds i don't no, know that's... i'm sure that has a name i never learned it because you know they don't tell you that name in first grade and that's the only time you ever really have to think about it until now <laughs> well right but yeah, no, I call it Oopgrub because like the fact that they have to put that line over it tells you how stupid startup-y that name is. Right. So that's why I call it Oopgrub. But yeah. um 
Yeah, no, it like I really don't understand like the the it's like shock jock bullshit, you know what I mean where it's like I'm just saying it to get a reaction or whatever. But I feel like Rossi was in earnest with it and that's he, somehow yes. worse. Like you have to have a not functioning brain to be like I saw that play, and I think Matt Niskanen did it on purpose, and I think it was because Nick Backstrom and Alex Ovechkin put him up to it, and Barry Trot signed off on it. Like, the chain of command, like it's fucking JFK. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I don't, like I said, I don't, don't, don't agree with Rossi there. I don't think that's what happened. Uh, I think it was a fair question to ask Trot, but no, I, I don't, I don't like what he did. I, I, I will say that, you know, I, he does all that stuff. Uh, he has a sense of humor, and 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 I don't think he was, it was, it was misdirected. But I, I he wasn't, you know. Well, the the reason I, I, the reason I say like he cut a promo to Trotz to his face because he asked if it's a hockey play, which again I agree, perfectly legitimate question. And then Trotz is like, I don't really want to answer that, and he's like. You know, did you order the code red? You know, like okay, you're goddamn I, right. You like what? I, are you? I thought there. Yeah, I again. The question itself was. I all right. Here's here's another thing, and here's here's where I'm definitely going to defend him on this. Coach press conferences, especially in the NHL, are extremely deferential, and I think they're too deferential. And I think that when something like that happens people who watch this sport exclusively don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Well, uh, did I say on this podcast my story about getting yelled at by Cornell's coach uh, in the NCAA tournament this year? No. Oh. So, um, Cornell got fucking smoked in their game, right? And uh, it was a thing where they were playing a team that was... uh, They were playing UMass Lowell, which is a team that's both good offensively and defensively. And I was writing about, like how well Lowell does when they get up on teams in general. Like they're just, they, they go up two goals and the game's over. Um, and I was like, so how, you know, what's the mindset there when you know you need goals, but also this is a team that is going to just pile up goals on you if you, you know, try to cheat uh defenseman up in the play and that kind of thing. And um, their coach fucking yelled at me. He's like, the question doesn't make sense. Uh, the, my players d- didn't know what you were asking, blah, blah, blah. Like, in a press conference, he yelled at me and called it a stupid question, like, three or four times. Right. And then afterwards, he comes up to me and he's like, listen, you know, I didn't want to, like, embarrass you or anything, and but uh, my players didn't understand the question. I didn't understand the question. I tried to answer it as best I could. And I was like, no, you're just being a fucking asshole, and that's fine. But, like, to understand that a bunch of people who went to Cornell didn't get the question, like, it wasn't that difficult, buddy. Uh, right. You know. And so, like, yeah, it, it's – you want to talk about things being deferential in, in the NHL. In college hockey, it's like, uh, did you think your guys really tried hard and did a good job effort-wise out – you know, like, that kind of shit? Every question of every game. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm not I'm – not, 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 every, not every press conference needs to turn into – some antagonistic showdown between yeah it, it doesn't have to be Sean Spicer versus the White no, House press corps. It, no let's 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 keep perspective of what of what we're doing here but I but I think it's also a lot less common in, in the NHL so whenever 
you know, and, and less common in the NHL than other sports when coaches get questions that they don't necessarily appreciate and uh, and react accordingly. So I, I think I think the reaction to the question, I'm I was fine with. I was fine with with Rob asking that, but yeah, I you know, I look. I, I'll, here's what I'm going to say in general about that: is I I it completely does not jive with my uh, perception of reality <laughs> that anybody could watch plays like that, whether it's whether it's Ovechkin shooting at Hainsey or Niskanen and Ovechkin versus Crosby or what have you. I don't. It, you. It, physics don't work that way. That's not the way. Right. That's not the way sports works. Like if you, if you're Alex Ovechkin and, and Matt Niskanen, and, and you are capable of organizing a something like that, and B then actually executing it, my God, you are. You should be. You should work for the CIA. Well, it's that's, a, it, that's it, why it, I said it's like fucking JFK out there, where it's like, oh, it's a triangulation of fire. You're swearing a lot again. I, this is just how I talk, Sean. You're swearing too much for a podcast, Ryan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I yeah, it it's and it's really crazy. And uh I like of course this happened. Of course this happened in, in this series. I mean Yeah, it couldn't just be a normal ass like <laughs> I, I will say this. I was shocked last night that something completely ridiculous didn't happen. I think at that point the stakes were a little too high, like for both teams, where the Penguins were like, "Well, we can go up, you know, three to one if we, you know, don't try some, to extract, but extract some, revenge." Just something, just something stupid in the first period. Like I think it was sort of impressive that that, that it didn't. Honestly. Well, I, I'll say this: the fact that it was a close game was what kept it from doing that. Like if it had been oh, like four one. If that was five two, if that was five two or whatever, some something would happen. And if and if it was, you know, I think Mike Sullivan's a really good coach, especially when it comes to that sort of stuff. I I think if you had a coach that had less control over his players than the, than what happened to, yeah. So, it was funny though. Like like you're you're watching this game, even though knowing full well that Sullivan's team, Sullivan had you know what didn't nobody on that team seemed interested in in doing anything dumb, you know, last game. Even full, like full knowing that, I still sort of expected some insane, insane shit to happen, and mm-hmm. it and it didn't. Short of uh, I, Tom Wilson tried to tried to figure for somebody, and well, uh, he's Tom Wilson, so there's your real. <laughs> and and Nick Panino, you know, acted like TJ, <laughs> acted acted like TJ Oshi, you know, dropped a guillotine on his head. But other other than that, it was you know pretty. Pretty standard hockey game. Yeah. Which, like I said, that that's how it should be. Yeah. I can't tell if I I can't tell if I was disappointed or, or pleased with that. You're like, I wanted blood, kind of. I just I just like chaos. I like I like when I like when insane stuff happens. I don't want like short of people getting hurt and, and complete insanity, you know, as far as that's concerned. Unsafe conditions for players. I I root for I, I root for insanity for the most part, and yeah. that didn't that I was <laughs> I was sorely disappointed last night. Clearly. Well, I you know I hate to interrupt you, but I just saw an ad on an NHL playoff game for a walk-in bathtub. Oh, and, and I am so intrigued. <laughs> you know what? You know what? They should have those in Edmonton. Hmm. I wasn't even trying to do that segue, but thanks for getting everything right back on track. 
if you put a bath, I, that that is what they should do. They should put bathtubs in the Edmonton bathroom so people can can piss and shit in them. Yes, that's correct. Uh, because that's the thing, right? Is um, you know, I remember going to Fenway as a kid, yeah. and they had the troughs. Oh yeah. And I, you know, as a child, I had never seen such a thing, and I couldn't, I couldn't understand what was happening, basically. Right. Because you're like, this is what is this? Yeah. <laughs> what do I do here? They have them. They they actually have them in Heinz Field, still. Still to this day, good for them. They that 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 stadium opened up in 2001 with troughs. Wow. So they're at the point now where they've probably had to replace them. So they 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 continually choose to, and it, it's it's honestly kind of a good call because Steeler fan it's NFL fans general, NFL general fans in general. Steeler fans certainly specifically are drunk and ridiculous and insane. And there's, and there is an unbelievable amount of them. So just, yeah, just tr- treat them like cattle. Why not? Yeah. If you're um, going to act like, if, if you're going to act like animals, we'll make you use the bathroom like an animal. That's right. It, it really is, however, a delight that the Edmonton Oilers, like their overarching story of their playoffs so far has been piss related. <laughs> It's it's insane. It like every single game. They're you know, game one, first game in first playoff game in Edmonton in sixty years, and they're like, Well, here we go. We sold nineteen thousand extra tickets to a bunch <laughs> of rubes who who they were like, Yeah, we'll gladly stand on the concourse and watch on TV like idiots. Uh by the way, we're now at hundred and seventy two percent capacity and we have two toilets in the whole building. Good luck. Yeah, you guys figure it out. It didn't occur to any anybody in the Edmonton. And then, and then the solution was, hey, let's just take away bathrooms from women. Unbelievable. This is the Bernie Sanders plan for how to deal with. <laughs> yeah, it's piss redistribution. That's right. I don't believe women should have the ability to urinate at a hockey game. <laughs> The bathroom gap in this country. Oh, that's a terrible Bernie Sanders. Yes, it was. Mine's the bath- insanely bathroom. good. Bathroom. Yeah, yours yours was good. I know. That's one of like the three impressions I can actually do. <laughs> hit us with hit, hit us with some some Tony Esposito, please. I don't I don't know what he sounds like. That's a Wyshynski impression. Oh. <laughs> I can also do uh, Bob from Bob's Burgers saying the names of all of the members of his family, and that's it. They're micro-impressions. Yeah, but I can say up to four words in a row with him. Because he's just saying, Tina, Gene, Louise, Linda. <laughs> See? It's like you're just doing like a bad John Benjamin impression. Is it bad or is it extremely good? <laughs> I'm split the difference. What, what urine-related mishap will take place in Edmonton tomorrow? Okay. Um, All right. Just for for again, to recap, <laughs> too many people for the men's rooms. Take away women's re- restrooms. Uh, possibly floating the idea of peeing in hand wash stations yesterday. Well, and he, and and what now? It's the it's the ma- It's not peeing in hand wash stations. It's the magic of thinking it's a toilet. <laughs> Anything's a toilet if you believe. That, that's exactly right. Who among us has not peed in the pool? 
we we have now talked by the way we have talked about peeing where you shouldn't on multiple multiple episodes of, of this podcast well, this, the, the ut boys just having a... i think oh i think i think they should start crapping in garbage cans the problem is it smells oh speaking of which someone uh on my facebook posted a thing of like you know the 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 tiny houses craze, and how some guy had converted a uh, a porta potty into a tiny house. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "You can do anything if you set your mind to it." And I said, "Yes, like live in a toilet. Like what? <laughs> I would like I would like to convert my normal sized apartment into a gigantic toilet. I want sure. the reverse. I want the reverse of the porta potty into the house, and I want to turn my house into a porta potty." Well, I have great news for you. You can. You can just do it. You just start peeing and pooping anywhere you like. Buy like buy like a beanbag chair size urinal cake from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. It really is. But like So when's that so when does that that series uh picks back up? Tomorrow night, I think. Friday. I think. What? What restroom adventures will they have in Canada? All right, yeah. To get to get to that point, um, that's a tough one. I think that uh, that like some Joker is going to uh, intentionally back up all the toilets in the first period, so none of them are usable. It's a good call. I I think and it's that just people are just me. By the way. Yes, I'm just flying to Edmonton right now. to Edmonton, and I will start, <laughs> and I will clog every one of those toilets. That is the Ryan Lambert promise to you. That's right, the listener. Just give five dollars. If 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 everyone if everyone who listens to the podcast tomorrow gives a dollar, we could probably get him to Edmonton and back. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Pro- well, probably not. No, that's definitely $2. not true. Two dollars. Eight dollars. How much would how, how much would an overnight, like a round trip ticket to Edmonton in a hotel room cost? Do you well, think? Well, you know what? Let's put it this way: you put me in a box, like next day mail. Mmm, it's a good call. You're very small. Mm-hmm. I bet you. You're can not. Do, I can bet you can get that done for sixty bucks each way. It's done. I'll foot the bill, buddy. I'm in. Flash that newspaper money. Send my boy to Edmonton. <laughs> so yeah, those are those are hands down the the two best the two most compelling playoff series, right? Because you have conspiracy theories on one hand and 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 piss on the other. Yeah, uh, literally. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I know. Uh, we just talked about it at length. But yeah, no, like I'm watching the Edmund or the uh, Ottawa, New York game right now, and you know, close games because neither of these teams are particularly great um and it's yeah. just fun watching eric carlson be amazing and then the other one right. is just you know the st louis blues getting wailed on basically mm-hmm. so yeah and neither there there are no egregious injuries there are no conspiracy theories and there are no bodily functions involved right just yet the the big controversy is pk suban danced briefly and uh, an old idiot was very upset about it. So, and like we... my 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 appetite for even acknowledging that stuff is extremely low. No, for sure. Like it's 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 just so depressing because it's always going to happen. And 
It seems like it's getting worse, though. I will say that. Because yeah. he's, al- he's always done that. So why then? I think it's I think it's the tone of like everybody's kind of uneasy anytime. PK no, 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 no. I no, I, I that that is that is not at all what I meant. I okay. mean, PK P- Subban has has first off, it's insane to criticize him for dancing and moving around during warmups whatsoever. It is always insane to do that. But that is not especially with the way they're and, just rolling through the goddamn playoffs. Right. But like but he's he's and it's so again, that's something that should not be criticized under any circumstance. But it's also something that he has done forever, uh, forever. Yeah. So what? What was the motivation behind doing it then? They needed. He needed a talking point. It would be my suspicion. Um, Probably it. Probably it. He's he's and it's NBC Sports and and they're not particularly. I mean, Milbury. How how many times has he? seen like a live look in at, at PK Subban doing during warmups. Think about it. Zero, he, he I'm played, sure. He played for Montreal. So you can scratch them from the list for the most part on, on NBC Sports. Yep. And then and then he played for Nashville, who for altogether different reasons you can scratch from the list for NBC Sports. So he there's a good chance that that Milbury had no idea that Subban did that ever. Right. And and thought that it was a new thing. Which is it's kind of delightful, honestly. Well, it's like NBC used to say: if you haven't seen it, it's new to you, baby. That is, man, we're killing it with the segues today. What segue is that? For the draft this week. Oh yeah, well we were gonna do overrated, underrated first. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, you don't remember how order goes. Whatever. I I, I heard NBC and thought we were, thought we were moving into the draft if, but if i were that smart sean do you think i'd be doing this podcast i'd be a millionaire you'd be, I'd, you'd be a multi-thousandaire for sure yeah I'll all right that. so for overrated underrated favorite least favorite uh yeah we, doing- we we had a suggestion from a person who i'm looking up who it is now uh but for in honor of guardians of the galaxy 2 coming out this week for marvel superhero movies Whatever. They're all overrated. Oh, I totally agree with that. Uh, and it was from Jason Waterfalls at Cranman85. Our beloved Jason Waterfalls. That's we're doing right. this for you, buddy. If, if this were somebody else, I probably would have whined about it and not not given it a second thought. Folks, he already whined about it, believe me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't whine about it. To, I, I just said I'm just not going to do that. Right. But I could, <laughs> and I already have. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it again. All right, give give yours first. Uh, overrated, you... I will say Avengers. It is too fucking long. Sorry for swearing, Sean. Um, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with a couple, but like not not every sentence. I think we're gonna was, have to, we're gonna have to put the explicit one. tag on on this podcast. It's just not it's just not right. That's fine. Who cares? I think it's already on there. It is not. Well, we're that's just beating the system then. Hmm. So overrated on overrated is the, is the Avengers. Yep. Uh, for you. I think that's a good answer. Like I I watched the Avengers and was completely unmoved by it. Yep. Like I I couldn't I barely remember any of it. How that became the biggest movie in the world is a bit of a mystery to me. 
Um, just because it's again, it's two and a half hours long. Yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. happens in the middle hour of that movie, and they say the word tesseract six thousand times, as though anybody has any idea what that means. Yeah, I just all that the the plot mechanisms of all these movies, like I just couldn't care less about, and and I so when you're talking about the Infinity Stones and all that stuff, like it just doesn't. That couldn't do less for me, honestly. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'll go. I'll go the Avengers as well. Okay, what do you got for underrated then? Underrated uh, Ant Man. Uh, I feel like it was perfectly rated. Uh, it was. It was a. It was an above average Marvel movie in my opinion. Um, but I, you know, I, I think I think what held that movie together was the performances, because uh, it was. Otherwise, a fairly standard heist movie. My 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 opinion of all these movies is all pretty much the same. Yeah. Yep. Like I like I I don't I don't like or dislike any of them all that all that intensely. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think the only ones. Well, I guess we'll talk about the ones I don't like in a minute. But yeah, I, I don't think I've ever really been super um, opposed to any of them. There's just some where it's like. Yeah, this is too serious and not fun. I think here's here's one that came out and it seemed like everyone forgot about it pretty quickly, even, even though it made a bunch of money. So may, maybe this is a better choice for underrated. Doctor Strange, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and it seems like it seems like it just vanished from consciousness like a month after it came out. Yeah, that was gonna be my answer. Um, that's yeah. one where like I've had friends be like, "Oh, I didn't see that one," and I said, "Well, your chance your chance to see it and really enjoy it." has passed you by because you had to see it in the theater. Yeah. Like it it yeah. that was the one that was most was, spectacle-y. I was I was stunned by by uh not stunned, but visually that was It was it was super impressive. I that was pretty I don't I it was parts of that were pretty groundbreaking, I think. Yeah, visually. I agree. So yeah, I I think that's I think that's probably a better choice. I think I think we're two for two on agreeing. Um, my favorite one is probably Guardians of the Galaxy, because that's where they really started to nail down, like, oh, we shouldn't take these so goddamn seriously. Hmm. Um, and that, and that was like, they I don't didn't know that's, expect I, that is one. that, I don't think that's true. What do you mean? I think, like, how, Iron Man, Iron Man was not a serious movie. Um, that was, like, at... I guess what I'm saying is at no point did Guardians of the Galaxy delude itself into thinking any of it should be all that serious. Like, every every point in that movie was, like, dumb. You know what I mean? And, like, they knew it. And I think that's part of partly because they were like, well, this is going to be the one that doesn't do amazingly well. Right. Yeah, the, the expectations and the stakes, I think, were just naturally lower. I mean, granted, it was super expensive and... It's it's a tentpole movie for Marvel, even even when it came out. But but, but again, yeah. they they didn't think that it. They no, thought I, it was going to be a bit I, of a flop. So I right, but again, they still spent a lot of spent a lot of money on it. But not in comparison with other Marvel movies. No, it you're right. Right, they didn't spend as much on it as they did on you know Captain Iron, America, Iron Man whatever. three, whatever. Yeah. Um. So I. Got, I think I man, it's really close. Like I really loved Iron Man when I saw it initially. Yeah. And it maybe it depending on how you feel about these movies, like maybe it doesn't age quite as well because 
it's just there's just too many. It's it's, it's too involved. There's for well, me. He's so, been into Robert Downey Jr. has been in too many and hasn't his right. character hasn't changed at all. And that but and that's it, the but, real issue with it, I think. For sure. But like the the diminishing returns on Tony Stark and and, and the universe that Iron Man kind of created have I think maybe I it would make it easy to forget um what a blast that that movie was. Yeah. Uh straight away. Like I I saw it I I saw it the same day that I saw uh, Indiana Jones and in, uh, you know the the Crystal Skull okay. is it Kingdom of the Crystal Kingdom Skull? Of I don't the even Crystal know. Crystal Skull is yeah, correct. I, I, right, it's terrible, embarrassing, depressing to watch that movie was. So me and my friend Garrett just like walked into we just walked into the theater next door and saw Iron Man just because we were so bummed, and it completely like redeemed the day. I enjoyed it so much more than I than than I thought I would. So I, I think I. Pound for pound, it probably is. It probably is Guardians of the Galaxy, but um, I, I think I think Iron Man is is a very very close second for me. Uh, I'll also say a close second for me is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Also very good. Um, I I think that's probably the best of the kind of serious Marvel movies. By there's a lot. Basic, there's basically five Marvel Studio movies that I that I really truly like and that and that's one of them yeah i i mean that was just like a if you take away all the mythology stuff it's still a pretty good like paranoid surveillance state kind yeah, of a, right commentary. yeah it's a it, it's a it's a cold war like espionage movie so yep. least uh, favorite what's, least favorite. what's yours uh thor the dark world not even close that is an irredeemably bad movie <laughs> there's nothing I about think... it that's good I think I watched 15 minutes of that and just didn't even bother. Like that, like that, that was really where, cause that's 2013. That sounds about right. That's yeah. like, that was right around the time fatigue really started setting in for me with this stuff. And I, and I like, it got like, I saw the winter soldier. Like I didn't bother seeing the winter soldier cause it came out after Thor, the dark world. Like I didn't see the winter soldier until it was, you know, on HBO or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I couldn't. I don't remember anything about about the Thor sequel. Uh, I, Iron Man two also sucked. I thought. Oh yeah, that's a really bad one. That's very very mm-hmm. bad. Um, but th- like at least Iron Man again, it it has that like tinge of we're enjoying ourselves and so on. Uh, there is none of that at all with with Thor. Thor is just like super serious. Apparently the third one will not be, which is a pleasant change of it pace. It does not seem like it. That that trailer looked good, dare yeah, I say. But the first two I, Thor movies are just like very dour. Yeah. Like I I think ugh. I think part of the issue part of the issue with Iron Man 2 also is like that's when the self-satisfaction of Marvel and Robert Downey Jr. really started to set in. Yeah. Like it was still something of a risk, I think, in the original Iron Man movie to just try any of it, A, and, and try it with Robert Downey Jr. And, you know, just so many elements of that of that movie were uh, – had never really been – hadn't been attempted. Right. I guess. And then the, But then it just gave birth to so much annoying stuff. And the, and the Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark, like, archetype is 
definitely uh, definitely part of that and I think and I think that's where it started to get overwhelming yeah well there you go that's that's over under favorite least favorite on Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and that also leads us directly into the draft because with the first pick I select Robert Downey Jr. Well, it's you don't get first pick this week, of course. We all know mm-hmm. that. Um, lost. Yeah, that's right. I understand how this works. You don't have to remind me constantly, hurt my feelings about it. Um, you're not sorry. Fuck you. Uh, but, yeah, so this week it is SNL cast members. This was... Uh, suggested to us by a person who I, again, am forgetting immediately. Oh, it was Mitch at How Intensive. Mitch, you're, you're famous. Mitch. Hooray. We love you, Mitch. Uh, me, not so much. He's very mean to me online. Constantly Oh, yeah, up. yeah. Oh, he, he, he burned you good a couple times this week. Yeah, I know. That's why Mitch is human garbage to me, and I don't <laughs> like him at all. Uh, but, Mitch, but Mitch suggested uh, SNL cast members... And I added in only for their work on SNL, not on anything else. Yeah, congratulations on on thinking of that. Well, I'm just saying he didn't he didn't say that. You added it. Yeah, because then then Sean would have picked Adam Sandler first overall. <laughs> I wish I still may. Well, you love the Hanukkah song. Tell your friend Veronica. I, I did love the Hanukkah song. Oh, yes. I certainly did too. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be casting aspersions here, but uh, yeah. So for Sandler, overall, Sandler was bulletproof up until the Water Boy. That sounds about right. I think Big Daddy's probably my favorite. Yes, of, of those original Dude, ones. Billy, I I could watch Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, and The Wedding Singer end to end right now, and not even. Not I haven't even... seen any of those in so long. Uh, I They're recently, great. In the last maybe two years, I rewatched Punch Drunk Love, and I was like, "Ooh, why don't we get more of this and less of Funny People?" Adam Sandler. The first half of Funny People is a good movie, <laughs> and the yeah, second half and the second half is an hour and a half long, <laughs> and it turns it into a three-hour-long bad movie. That's correct. Um, but anyway, first pick. I. Hold on a second. Okay. Fun, funny people just I that that movie just will never not horrendous. Never not fr- never not frustrate me cuz I I was watching it and just like oh this is this is pretty good. It's like it's small, it's like the right the right amount of everything. You know, it's melodrama but you know, whatever. And then and then he gets well. He you know, he has he deals with the cancer thing, ends up fine, and then promptly destroys the Decides to destroy Eric Banner's family, and I was like, "Wait, wait, what's what's going on now?" Like, how and many people can I destroy their lives in two hours? That's, that literally, that's there's it's an hour and a half of that. That that movie is close to three hours long. I it's know. just unbelievable. Um. So, anyways, uh, your yeah. your pick. I was. I apologize, Phil Hartman. Son of a bitch. So was I, and that's without. Any of the Simpsons stuff for which I know and love him best. It's fair. I he's one of my and without news radio, which is Bill McNeil. We McNeil's. talked about at length how I, much we love that show. Absolutely, Phil, Bill McNeil, one of the great sitcom characters of all time. All time. Phil, Phil, 
Bill Hartman's the greatest, and it's a tough, tough one to rebound from. I was just trying to okie doke you into thinking that I had the first pick so I could take Phil Hartman. Well, you don't. Believe me, I remember all my defeats. <laughs> I think about them constantly. The Lambert, the Lambert en- enemy list is very real. That's right. Uh, I'm going to go with Will Ferrell. I think, uh, you know, he's another one. It's like, the, I, you know what? I read the Chris uh, Chris Rock story about Chris Rock today. And in, in, uh, actually, was, was that? Was it about Chris Rock? It doesn't matter. But the sign of a really great comedy is when unfunny people uh, quote it ad nauseum. Yeah. It was about it was about Austin Powers. That's what it was. It was it was a story about Austin Powers on on the AV Club. So Will Ferrell suffers from some of that because unfunny people use him as a crutch. It's like people with bad taste in music talking about Coldplay or something. Yeah, sure. Um, but but man, the body of work and sketches for him is just unbelievable. Yeah, Vers- he's, he's versatile and you know can can do a lot of stuff and yeah, I think he's a strong he's a pretty strong second second for me but behind behind Phil. Yeah, he's super duper funny. Um, basically, everything he ever did on SNL was very good. I I really can't think of anything like that was at least a recurring sketch where I'm like, yeah, I'm not a fan. I I maybe maybe you I say- think he's got what what part of. Like part of what makes me like Farrell so much is what makes me like Hartman so much is that just they're just weird one-off characters that that were super memorable, but also uh, he didn't beat them into the ground. Right. You know, like there were there's a uh, God the, the the there's a the, like Mr. Jurgensen the boss or <laughs> whatever the 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 nude art model is is another one. Uh, the doctor who loses Chris Parnell's baby. I mean, stuff like that. That it would have been really easy to just beat that into the ground, but they just let them be these like one-off, weird kind of things. So, yeah, I, I think that's an underrated thing that Farrell brought, even though he found so much mainstream success. Like he did some weird stuff too yeah, on, on like, the show. I recently rewatched uh, Step Brothers. God damn, is he funny in it's that? It's perfect. That's a perfect movie. Oh man, oh man, every every note in that movie is so like precisely yeah. calibrated it's so good dude the on some level those guys just must know that they're never going to be able to hit that height again yeah i mean when's the last wonder, time you really enjoyed a will ferrell movie but uh yeah it uh, may well could have been that <laughs> yeah i right, that's 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 probably not true but yeah that was that that was the end of his of his hot streak okay for sure uh no, right. number two overall for me chris farley yeah. Again, unbelievable. Like again, a uh, very memorable, you know, Matt Foley motivational speaker, the Chris Farley show, that kind of stuff. Where it's just like that was what 23, 24 years ago and people are still like van down by the river, you know, that that was awesome, that kind of thing. Um Just if you haven't watched Tommy Boy in a while. Oh man. <laughs> Do it. That's yeah. un- just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, when I always think about when David Spade is like, "Oh, really? What number did you call?" And he goes, uh, "One yeah. seven nine or 
Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No, it was cordless. <laughs> no, it's I, I know, man. I I honestly, God, I think I quote Tommy Boy more in my day-to-day life than than any other movie. But this isn't about Tommy Boy. Nope. Uh, I I mean, how can you go wrong with Chris Farley? Good lord. Yeah, and uh, just again, um, perfect. All right, so with my second pick, uh, I I think I think you have to go, you have to go Eddie Murphy, just for for what he did sketch wise. Yeah. I, and there's there's a lot of other people on the, on the board, but, I mean we missed all that, right? We did way too way too young for that. But just knowing what he meant to that show culturally and and what a, what a star he was week in and week out. Um, I'm taking the Eddie Murphy SNL star power on, sure. on, on the cast and feeling good about it. And an, and another real positive for you is all the, uh, homophobia that popped up later in his career. You're just really I, on board with all of that. I think we have established that I am not taking like the delirious, uh, stan- you know, the delirious special. I'm no, I know. Ed- but like that, that's just uh, as with Will Ferrell, Phil Hartman, Chris Farley, you get that homophobia in your back pocket as well. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. He, he, it wasn't like direct homophobia on on SNL. Just like Will Ferrell, you know, didn't make Ricky Bobby when he like. You don't get Ricky Bobby, Will Ferrell, and I don't. Or and no, nope, especially because you drafted him. On oh, yeah, I, you don't get news radio Phil Hartman, and I don't get homophobic Eddie Murphy. That's the way that it works. Fair enough. Um. All right, well, I guess I'm just going to have to go with Kate McKinnon here. (sighs) What happened? I'm bummed. Okay, I didn't know what that noise was. What are you implying? I, it was a thing of, I didn't know if you were making fun of me because you thought the pick was ludicrous. It's not ludicrous. I I think it's probably a little bit of a projection pick still, but what she's done over the last two years has been amazing. I think she's been better, or, or as good as she has been for the last two years. I think she was even better before that, before she got, like, roped into all the Hillary stuff. Because, boy, that hallelujah thing. Whoa. Not great. I don't know who told her she had to do that, but they, she should have vetoed that with every bit of her star power. I don't know. I don't know why you think someone told her she had to do that. <laughs> Is it because it's so distasteful for you to imagine that she did it on... Like on her own volition. Yes, a hundred percent. Lauren Michaels mm. was like, mm, "Kate, God, let's let's do this." Uh, Leonard do Cohen, it. Canadian, he's dead now. Um, boy, no, she's she's awesome, and she's yeah. gonna keep being awesome. Uh, okay. There's no way to say this without sounding like an asshole, but if you need, <laughs> I, um. I need to draft a woman because women need to be in SNL sketches. Wow. And I wanted to draft, but I wanted to draft Kate McKinnon for that reason. So I, I need to go. I need to go to the best available board, mm-hmm. and I am going with Amy Poehler. Oh sure, she's wonderful. We all uh, like Amy Poehler. That might she might be somebody though who benefits from. Uh her post SNL career, I think potentially in your, like in your estimation of what 
I think maybe. I think I, I think part of me is thinking of of Leslie Nope when sure. I think of her. But like, now. she's really good. Uh, weekend update. She was amazing. Right. That's why. That's that's the one of the main reasons I took her. I'm I'm okay with Polar being my weekends update person, and also just doing Amy Polar stuff and all the sketches. Yeah. Because we're going we're going five here. Yep. Uh, I thought we were going six. Six. Pardon me. Okay. So yeah, I'm 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 good with that. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with Bill Hader. <sighs> I was gonna go. I was gonna go Hader instead of Puller there. Bill Hader is one of my favorite. Bill Bill Hader is one of my at least five personal favorite cast members. Yeah, he's amazing. Super duper funny in everything. There's a lot of Phil Hartman and Bill Hader. I would agree with you. Um, if he had that like announcery voice, I think mm-hmm. he, he, everybody would just rightly see him as Phil Hartman too. Oh, for sure. Um, are you, are we are you done? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going Bill Murray, and I think that's like. He probably wasn't quite as good on SNL as people remember or assume, but uh, he can. Yeah, I. I mean, come on, it's the fourth round, and it's Bill Murray. Yep. And and you could have Amy Poehler and Bill Murray on Weekend Update. Sure, sure you could. But he he did Weekend Update. I know. I'm saying you could. I'm or just Amy Poehler. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Versatility. Really, yeah, sure. I'm really torn on this one. I have like three people I want to pick in this spot. This is the fifth round of yes. six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Jason Sudeikis. Son of a bitch. I know why you picked him, but go ahead. Why? Okay, why do you think I picked him? Because you need like... A straight man for stuff for for certain sketches, but he's also certainly more than that. Well, I mean that's true, but you know, you, you the real reason I picked Jason Sudeikis the, is the potato chip sketch. You got it, bingo. <laughs> the potato chip sketch is to me the height of sketch comedy. Nothing has ever been that funny. Nothing will ever be that funny again. I, I'm I'm not gonna argue with you here, man. They 100% nailed it. You got it. Okay, so with my next pick. Yep. This is starting to get a little difficult. Um <laughs> Oh man, part of me really wants to <coughs> uh I'm gonna go Sandler. Oh boy! Oh hello! <laughs> Woohoo! I need to. You need to. Uh, I guess I have feral already. Yeah, I I regret that already. <laughs> but like, it's easy to bash all those all those guys now, just because of you know the New York Magazine story about what a bunch of clowns they were, and you know the exit for them was was not great, but. Well, I'll say this for Adam Sandler. No, I, I think I it, think he's a little underrated as an SNL cast member. 
specifically because of the Denise show. I was just going to say that I, I, I was thinking of the Denise show when I made the pick. The Denise show That's, is so goddamn funny. It's really funny. My next guest uh, uh, saw I'm Denise get... Friendlies two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be like Shannon Doherty or something. No, Shannon yeah. Doherty was She was Denise. Denise. Um, I can't, But it would always be like one SNL cast member and then like the celebrity guest was the other – was the other mm-hmm. person. Oh, that man. Was, that, Denise, that was, and then Phil was... Hartman would call in and yell at him, have some yeah. self-respect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? The the Zagat sketch? That's a that's a great one. Yep. Uh, the Hurley boy, a great sketch. Yes, it is. <laughs> there is... So, like... I, I Like I, I said, very I, underrated. I like... I feel like a total goon for taking Sandler, but whatever, man. He's he he made me laugh. He made me laugh a lot, and I was and I was eight, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. With my very final pick here, I'm filling out my update desk with Norm Macdonald. Yeah. I knew you were gonna do it. I thought you were gonna do it earlier. Well, I knew you weren't gonna do it, so. I don't think. I mean, what made you think that I wasn't gonna do it? Well, again, you had uh, had not – or you had already done your update desk, and he's the, pretty much update only. Well, that's not true. The Letterman sketch. He's, he's pretty much update only. Um, a minute with Stan – or uh, the, the, the Stan Hooper sketch. <laughs> yeah, you can you can count on your hands, though, how, how, many, how many times, you know. Hold on, though. That Letterman sketch, amazing. It's good. Uh, Larry King. Both that, that one a lot. Larry King. Larry, Larry King on. was funny. There's a really funny sketch with Larry King and John Travolta as Marlon Brando. <laughs> Do you remember that one? No. Oh God, I don't want to. You should look look it up. It's really I, funny. I will. But no, I like speaking of sketches. You quote the number of times, uh, like a friend of mine will make a dumb joke that nobody laughs at, and he'll just go. Hey, you got any gum? Got any and gum? Then, and then we're all back on board. Back on board. All right. And with my last pick, I take John Belushi. Mm. I'm I, pleased with that as a value pick. Yeah, sure. I never found him that funny. Little Chocolate Donuts is one of the funniest things of all time. I watched it last week. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I just like... The Blues Brothers. So many. Like, God, there were so many dismissive shores from you during during this during this draft. Eh, no, I I don't I don't. Re- so like when everybody talks about oh seventies SNL, that's the best SNL. I don't find almost any of it funny. I I mean I disagree. I grew up I grew up watching the the best of the best of tapes from like seventy five through eighty and. It's one of those things where I didn't really know what I was laughing at, but still was laughing at it just because just because of the tone and, and the physicality and stuff of it. Yeah. Well, the, the... They're, they're definitely they're definitely overrated. I and I think people who constantly bitch about SNL being bad now are are ridiculous because that's always that's it's been that way for forty one years now. Yep. Um, but yeah, Belushi, ah, man. Uh, I should have taken Dana Carvey. Oh, well. 
Yeah, I had him on my uh, on my big board as well. Uh, I had Molly Shannon on there. She's great. She's great. Tina Fey. Tina Fe- Tina Fey suffered because she like wasn't in a lot of sketches. Right. She was uh, she was specifically update only. Um, and... because she was busy, she was too busy writing the show. Right. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then like, yeah. Th- Basically, I had fallback positions for, like, if you took Kate McKinnon, I would have taken Molly Shannon, because I feel like they're very in the same mm-hmm. vein. Um, and then, like, if you had taken Norm MacDonald, I would have taken Tina Fey for my update desk, and so on really? and so forth. You taking, you taking McKinnon that early was heartbreaking for me. Okay. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like you probably won that one. Oh, I agree, but the people will not, because they like you better. What can I say? Yep. Do we have any? Do we have any like questions? Foul mouth. Yeah, we do have several questions. I don't. Here. I don't like your foul mouth. I yeah. I know. Christ. <laughs> um. Okay. Here we go. Hervan Matt Hervan Matt underscore Hervan asks. Well, this isn't a question, but he says, "Bring back Dinosaur Corner." Well, Matt. We uh we we have two items for Dinosaur Corner this week. One, my my very dear friend, who I don't think listens to this podcast, to his credit, uh, Mike Anton got married this weekend, and uh, he lives in New York City, and so while I was there, uh, I, of course, went to the Dinosaur Museum and did a very good job of restraining myself when a guy asked uh, if the Titanosaur is one of the ones that turned into birds. None of them turned into birds. Well, that obviously isn't true. The, the correct answer. Mm. What's a titanosaur? Is it big? It's the biggest one that they've ever found. It's 122 feet long, which is, is like... It bigger, is it bigger than a brontosaurus? Oh, yeah, by a lot. By mm. a real lot. So, How much? Oh, probably about 50... 55 feet 55 feet yeah that is that's Long. very specific yeah no i i know that it is um but i'm i know what the numbers are so think about it continue um and then the other one th- this was a follow-up uh christopher niesti niesti i don't know how to pronounce it at chris kiniesti uh Asked, he wants to hear your opinion on some dinosaur news that came out in March about my opinion. Your opinion, yeah, mm. um, about how uh, dinosaur evolution worked. So for you know more than a century, uh, we've basically d- divided dinosaurs into two different uh, cl- clades, which one of them is Ornithischian dinosaurs and the other is Saurischian <sighs> dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> Which has to do with how their hips are shaped, and uh, I thought there were just there were just land dinosaurs and water dinosaurs. There are not, um, and so in the are there not water dinosaurs? No, there there's no such thing as a water dinosaur. Um, so in the journal Nature in in late March, uh, someone said uh, we ran a bunch are you, of numbers. Are you, are you serious? Wait, hold on. A... There there aren't water dinosaurs. There are of course no water dinosaurs. Why? 
I don't understand the question. Why aren't there water dinosaurs? Because dinosaurs have legs. I do. They have to. Yes. Dinosaur. Okay. That is that's an honest to god question. Okay. Yeah. So dinosaurs are um the are like a separate thing from like marine reptiles, which is what you're thinking of, but like a plesiosaur, like a, like a, like a whale. No. Please. The shark. No, the shark is a fish. We all know that. Um. But anyway. So the reason dinosaurs are dinosaurs are how their hips are shaped. Specifically, their legs extend down from their hips rather than out, like a like a say, alligator or a lizard of some kind. Alligators are descendants of dinosaurs. No, alligators were around at the same time as dinosaurs. Um, they are their closest descendants. They are very closely related. They have a a common ancestor for sure. Um, but it, it doesn't really line up like that at all. Uh, but anyway, his, he wants, this guy wants to know your opinion about, um, do we need to, uh, completely rearrange everything we know about the phylogenetic relationships between, uh, Saurostichian and Ornithischian dinosaurs? Like I said, I think it's really important that we account for water dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. And that's... To me, that's the most important question facing the community uh, in 2017 is how do we account for the existence of water dinosaurs? How are they classified? And uh, what do we do with them moving forward? Yes. Okay. So that's so I'm not worried about about their hips. I just mm -hmm. just you know whales and sharks and what have you. I it's important that yep. they're accounted that they're accounted for. Well, sure. Well, sure. So there are air dinosaurs, like pterodactyls, for example. <laughs> Not dinosaurs. Uh, flying reptiles only. <laughs> Believe me, I, I had to I had to yell at Bruce Arthur about dinosaurs. Pterodactyls are dinosaurs. They're absolutely not. Um, yeah. So what you're telling me is that birds are dinosaurs, but pterodactyls are not. Yeah, that's 100% correct. I... I disagree. <laughs> well, I had to yell at Bruce Arthur about this today because he was talking about what would no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't have to yell at anybody about this. Mm, no, I did have to. That's what you don't understand. That's what uh, people with normal brains don't understand is that I did have to yell at, about this. What's a pterodon? A pterodon is... Um, like the family in which like pterodactyls and other kind of flying uh, Quetzalcoatlus, that kind of thing, uh, would have been grouped into the most famous of which is, of course, the pterodactyl. I watched Jurassic Park 3 a couple of days ago. It was mm -hmm. on BBC America. Sure. I got to tell you, buddy, the pterodactyls in that movie, they looked a lot like dinosaurs to me. Well, that may be true, but... I mean, if you look at their skeletons, uh, you you can see that their that their uh, arms and legs kind of extend out from the sides, f and and instead of being under them, and that's what there are 
this is it's too complicated as far as the classifications are concerned. There's air dinosaurs, <laughs> land dinosaurs. Yeah, sure. And of course, water dinosaurs. Yeah, of course, water dinosaurs. Let's move on. Okay, sure. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Mike Morton at They Call Me Morty asks, who's hey, your buddy. favorite stand-up comedian? And he spelled comedian wrong. Come on, Mike. Oh, man. Currently? You can interpret that question however you like. <laughs> What's your answer? Uh, currently, uh, I don't know that I really have one. I, I'm kind of out on on stand-up comedy right now. Uh, all time, I might even be inclined to say Jim Gaffigan. That's not a bad pick, honestly. I uh, He's the reason I really... Re- like. So, you know, the first time I really remember watching Comedy Central uh, was a mm-hmm. premium blend episode that he was on. And I remember just thinking, this is the funniest person I have ever seen say any words. Yeah. I I think that the album I've listened to the most is Patton Oswalt, uh, Werewolves and Lollipops. That's yeah. probably that's probably uh, that's probably number one. I think Louis C.K. has to be up there. Sure. Um, yeah, and then all that stuff with him of, though kind of is out. Um, <laughs> that yeah, I, I that absolutely fair. would like, have been my answer. That, that's also two not, years ago. Yeah, but now I can't say it in good conscience. Understandable. Um, the other, the other one I would say is, uh, the first Brian Regan album is almost certainly the, the comedy album I listen to most. He was just here last week and he, on a Saturday and I had free tickets to it and I couldn't go cause of the hockey. That's a bummer. He's funny, man. Yeah. I mean like that whole bit about like the big yellow ones, the sun, it's a cup with dirt in it. Like, man, that's good stuff. Just- the uh, I his delivery is just so uh, just his voice. Yep, Brian Regan. It, you know what's really funny is that we is that we have Gaffigan and Regan both on here, and those are two extremely clean comedians. Yeah, especially for a guy like me who I love to swear, and take the Lord's name in vain. I just said to not to just like limit it to one f bomb a sentence, maybe. I. I've only said it three or four times in this whole hour plus that we've done. I, you know what? I don't. This here's something that you have not accounted for that I just said it to bother you. Mm. Maybe, and it seems to have worked. Uh, but yeah, I my go-to for for favorite comedy album of all time is honestly it's honestly Patton Oswalt. Yeah, it's the one I listen to the most. Is that the one where I, he has the joke about? Uh, John Voight's balls. Yep. That's a yep. great, great joke. God damn. It's got, it's got the KFC famous bulls joke on it. Uh, they're, they're the famous bulls bit. It's got a really funny bit about, about him taking a class called physics for poets in college, which was, which is like, you know, exactly what it was. It was just like the, it was like a liberal arts school and he had to take a science class and yeah. he had this teacher who phrased this, this question on a test and used it was a word problem and he used star trek as a you know as the you know captain kirk is firing the phasers from the bridge and blah blah and he he had a whole bit about how he freaked out over the phrasing of it and went and screamed at the 
at the teacher. Mm. Uh, no, it was, it was good. It was released during the Bush era, so there's some some uh, stuff that landed with me back then. Yeah. No, I I, lo- I love I I love that album, and it's still probably my favorite. Honestly, yeah, it's good. Uh, Will Christ at Will underscore Christ asks, "Will there be a funnier tweet in these playoffs than David than David Staples wanting people to piss in a circle?" The answer is <laughs> absolutely not. I still can't believe that that happened. Knowing David Staples as I do, I can. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know what? There's no I, way. I love. The, the the playoffs like anytime I feel just burned out on hockey, the jokes about hockey during the playoffs sort of bring me back. Uh, special shout out to Dave Lozo who wrote that entire screenplay. Basically, it was a, it was a short a short screenplay about about the Capitals and you know planning to destroy the Penguins. Mm. I thought that was really I thought that was really funny. Yep, sure was. But but ultimately. Uh, da- no staples telling people to piss in a, in a hand washer. It's tough to it's tough to it beat be, because you couldn't write a joke that funny. That's no. why you you like th- you hate to say it's the unintentional comedy, but an idiot was like, "Here's a perfect solution to a problem." That <laughs> involves people pissing, pissing in a circle in a place where they're supposed to wash their hands at each other pissing at each other is mainly what it boils down to uh so yeah no absolutely I, that might be one of the great like hockey twitter tweets of all my time first, my my first thought when i saw that was like i'm so disappointed that they did the the, the hockey tweet bracket already <laughs> like here's the thing it was so that's like that's that's a no that's that's like number one seed Final oh, four caliber. Absolutely. Caliber absolutely. absolutely. I, I will say this. It was so dumb that at first I didn't register that it was a hand washing station. And then I looked at it a second time. Like I went back to it and I was like, oh, right, right, right. Okay. I'm on board with all of this now. Oh, man. I, I sent it to people at work. <laughs> with like, and, I, and I like went out of my way to explain it. I was like, okay, here's what's going on in Edmonton. The bathrooms are full. Like blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, I no, I short answer is no. That that will absolutely be the best tweet to come out of the playoffs. Yeah, not even close, not even close. Um, okay, hold on here. Let's see what do we got for the next question. Kate Hardy asks, if you could watch uh, a movie with any person, who would it be, and what movie? Oh God, I can't. This this is my weekly like I. My my weekly question that I want like ten days to think about. Do you have it? Do you have a, a ready a ready made answer for this? Yeah, I have it. It's uh, the Passion of the Christ with Jesus Christ. Oh, any person living or dead. Yep, and you know what? Even fictional. I'll give you fictional people too. I, that's that's too much. You're, okay, you're opening up. You're opening up way too much for me. All right, but that's a great answer. Just be like I'd settle for I'd settle for watching the Passion of the of of Christ with. Uh, with Mel Gibson, I think I think I think you get some pretty funny stuff out of Mel watching that. I I feel like he would be too, like he'd just keep being like, "Shut up, shut up." This, this is the part where they uh, beat him up more. Yeah. Oh. It'd be, Can you it'd believe be South, this? It'd be South Park Mel Gibson. 
Yeah, absolutely. I can take it. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I don't have a good answer for that. I'd like to watch Ray Charles' biopic with Ray Charles. But you have to describe every scene to him. That's the real problem. Yep. Is it what he would say? What's happening now? You're driving a car. It's inexplicable. You, ah, yes, I remember. Just, you just went blind. Are you there? Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just thinking of uh, no, I that that's fine. I don't have a real answer to this question. Like uh okay, I want to watch, you know, eight and a half with with uh Martin Scorsese and have him be explaining it to me. I don't know. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to watch like all, all kidding aside, I wouldn't want to watch a move I don't think I'd want to watch a movie with a I wouldn't want to watch anything with Scorsese. That's that's for certain. Yeah. Because uh, his voice is annoying. <laughs> Got him. Take that, celebrated film director. <laughs> uh, the Anderson, at The Anderson 64. What summer movies are on your radar? Oh, boy. For Sean, I'm uh, going to say probably Despicable Me 3. I'm uh, going to say probably... King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Uh, uh, my computer just froze. Can you hear me? Yep. Whoa. Hello. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Well, Sean is definitely picking Despicable Me 3. He wishes it was a Minions 2. Uh, but for me, the answer is going to be they come at night. The new A24 horror movie. Uh, I'm sorry, It Comes at Night. Uh, it's the new horror movie from A24. A24, the very best movie studio. Uh, and let's see, what else, what else? Um, Baby Driver, that's the name of it. The new Edgar Wright movie looks very fun. And Sean's going to pick Transformers The Last Night, and I think that's probably the end of the episode, unless I can get him back very quickly. And it seems as though I can't. So I guess that's it for the episode. Sean deeply regrets all the mistakes he has made on this episode, in this draft, and in his life. Uh, I know that because uh, we're very good friends, and I just, that's a thing he told me privately. And anyway, uh, that's it for this week. Sean uh, is dead now. Bye.